What's up, boys? What's going on? Mad Handle Podcast. James Brown kicking off your Thursday. How are we feeling, fellas? Feeling it. Feeling it? All right. I like that. Easy, how are you doing? Feeling good. Feeling ready. Feeling good. Feeling ready. I like that. That should be a t-shirt, too. Feeling good. Feeling ready. Get on it. All right, Charlie, how are you doing in the city, bud? I'm doing good, man. I'm doing good. Playoff action is almost here. I'm ready to wrap this regular season up. I don't know about y'all, but like I'm ready to kick it into playoff mode. Like the weather is warm. The trees are out. Like I need a playoff series right now. I need 40 days and 40 nights on TNT. Let's do it. Hell yeah. I mean, playoff time is the best time, so I'm ready for it. Easy. How you doing there in Strong Island? Feeling good, man. I, uh, I agree with Charlie that first Sunday where there's games from like one o'clock till like the 11 o'clock or the 10 o'clock West coast game. It's a beautiful thing. Just eat a bunch of edibles, order some food. Yes. I'll see you on Monday. Beautiful thing. Yes. Just edibles, beers, pizza. That's it. Like that's your Sunday and it's just the best thing. Also considering like nobody plays anymore, everyone sits on every important game. Let's yeah. get some playoffs going, baby. Yeah, it's a good point. It'll be nice to just see everybody on the court and everybody giving it, giving it all they got. By the way, I watched I Love You, Man over the weekend. <laughs> Such a good movie when the guy's screaming at the LA Galaxy game. Give it all you got. Great movie. You got to give it all you got. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's such a good... Him in Brooklyn Nine-Nine is fucking hysterical. Yeah, yeah, he is good in that, too. Oh, man. All right, fellas, let's kick it into basketball gear here. We're going to have to start off with the fucking New York Knickerboxers. Knickerboxers, Jesus Christ. Whoa, retake, retake. (laughs) Going to edit that one out. Supposed to be a Knicks pod, huh? I'm fucking dying. Jesus Christ. <laughs> One sip of bourbon and my fucking just language goes out. <laughs> New York Knickerbockers. How are we feeling? Charlie, what do you think about this team? We made a couple of – well, we made one signing, but uh, let's hear it, buddy. Yeah, I mean, look, I was I was like on Saturn uh, earlier this week, and then after that that loss to the Nuggets kind of brought me back down to like Mars level in terms of where I am in terms of Stoke. Um, no, I'm ready for the to them to just like knock lock down the four seed, lock down that home court advantage in the in the first round. I would love to see them get the Hawks because I really think we can beat the Hawks. Like I think the Knicks. The, the, the bar has been raised, right? Like it was maybe a possibility to get into the playoffs at one point this season. Now it's like the Knicks need to win a playoff series. So I'm really hoping they get the Hawks. I'm really hoping we get that home court advantage. I hope we can win that first series because I think that would be huge. And fuck Trey Young. Yeah, yeah, I just want to see him lose in the garden. Hell yeah. Easy. What do you know? What do you know about Luca Vildova? Is that how you even say it? So, I mean, so I reached out to my scouts and like, you know how it works, ear to the ground. I got people all over the place. So I was talking to my European guys and they were like, Luka Doncic, look out for Luka Vizavazavuza. This guy is Luka 2.0. Luka 2.0, okay. I watched his highlight tapes and this guy looks fucking incredible. We some from some deep European Latvian league. No, so apparently he played in the top Euro leagues. He's won rings. He's like a solid player in Europe. Wait, um, did you really watch his highlight tapes? I actually did watch his highlight tapes. And uh, you're, you're and you're impressed by them? No, I'm not. He's got a really weird release on his yeah. jumper. It looks really funky. Uh, he could pass the ball, I guess. Like I watched him lead the fast break and putting a layup, like that was cool. Um, <laughs> but like, I mean, first off, you got to build him up. He's our he's our newest Nick. Um, I I just don't understand why now and how is it right now? 
Yeah, I mean, from everything that I've read on this guy, I mean, his highlight tapes don't do him justice, I guess, because uh, everything that I've read on him is that he was supposed to be one of the top, you know, free agent point guards in this kind of free agent class. I don't think that's saying much because there's probably not a lot of point guards coming out, but I don't even know if this guy's a point guard because looking at his numbers, he's only averaging uh, three assists a game. I'm not sure where he fits with this team, but uh, I mean, he did win the, the MVP of the Spanish ACB finals. So, yo, and he's played like big time games, like those teams, like what he was on the national team has played in FIBA. So he's like first NBA guys. Um, like, listen, just don't be Alexi fucking Shved out there. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? No, um, nobody wants that. Or just like uh, anybody other than that, please. I'm cool. Also, with we it. gave Luca $14 million over four years. That's like actually a pretty good contract for a Euro player. That's a, like, Nobody knows like, who it is. It's kind so of like. like it's not a little amount of money, but it's not a ton of money. But it's like random to ha- happen when there's ten games left in the year. Very yes. random. Yes, like like I was saying, I think everybody like teams were going to go after this guy. I think we're one of the lucky teams that we still have cap space available and a roster spot. So I think he would he pretty much said like I want to buy out and I want to sign with the Knicks. So. Oh, so this is like the China stuff when their league ends early and then they get bought out and come and play the rest of the NBA league. Pretty much, yeah. Okay. Charlie, what is, what is your, your thoughts on Luca 2.0 here? Yeah, my only thought process is like <laughs> my biggest, no joke, one of my biggest moves that the Knicks have to make this offseason outside of like the eventual conversation we'll have about Julius Randle long-term is – what do we re-sign Derek Rose for? And like, I, I want to re-sign Derek Rose. I just don't want this to cut into the management thinking that this is going to be our like second go-to backup off the bench from our like potential first run point guard. I still want Rose coming off the bench next year because I think him and Tibbs have a phenomenal synergy together. I think Tibbs brings out the best of the game that Derek has right now. I think if he keeps him around next year like he could be a six man of the year type player for us if he's averaging 17 18 20 points off the bench consistently on a good team so I'm with it it obviously does not spell good for people like Frank if we're signing other Euro players who haven't even been in the NBA to contracts that are basically what you've had the last four years Um, they probably don't pick up his fifth year option I would imagine and probably see you know, what's out there for him. But, you know, I'm with it as long as it doesn't cut into re-signing Derrick Rose or, or potentially anything else that we do on the developmental front. Yeah, I think we could all agree that, like, I'd love to see Derrick Rose back here. Um, but you do bring up a good point. Like, where does this signing fit? Because he's not, from everything I've seen and read, like, he's not like this, like, prototypical point guard everyone says that he can play point guard or shooting guard. Okay. So now we have him. We have quickly, we have Derek Rose. We have fucking RJ Barrett. I'm not, is is Reggie Bullock's contract up yet? We have, I think he has, I think he's on one of those one or two year, uh, like team option deals. Yeah. Like him, Alec Burks, like it's a a team of two guards. It's a team of two guards. We have one point guard here. So it's like, you know, yeah. where does this fit? But, I mean, we'll see. I mean, from- I do find it interesting that he's getting, like, the comparisons to uh, Composo on the Nuggets as, like, this scrappy, like, Argentinian player. Um, that's, like, sort of some of the comparisons that I've seen, like, dropped about him. So I feel like that's, like, they're, they're sort of having this, like, resurgence in the NBA because um, Argentinian players are good. I mean, they have a really good FIBA team. They always field a really good Olympic team. Yeah. Obviously, Manu was phenomenal in San Antonio. Um, so I think it could be good if, the you know, in terms of, like, what's happening with the league. Can you imagine we just signed the next Manu Ginobili? Woo-wee. Huge. Huge. All right, let's move on from this Luca guy. He hasn't played one game. We're already talking about him for like 15 minutes. 
Easy. Where are we where are we going now with the Knicks? We talking about Julius? So, uh, well, I would like to say that last pod, I I was the one who brought up how Julius All NBA Second Team, and he's getting All NBA Second Team votes all over the place. So I'm just putting that out there. The influence of Mad Handle throughout yeah. the uh, basketball podcast is unbelievable. Absolutely. Um, but can I talk about the resurgence? Of Obi fucking Toppin. I all right, maybe not resurgence, but he doesn't look like he's dead. I can like, stand corrected on that. Yeah. Like he doesn't look like he's scared. He's not as timid. When he plays with Rose, he actually like gets a couple dunks. Um worst thing that could happen to him was Randall being so good this year because he'll never get that role at Dayton as like a pick and roll finisher lob threat. He's going to be a space to floor because you got Mitchell Robinson, Taj, all these guys who can't shoot. So it's tough for him. But I think he's playing better. And I'm not like totally ashamed of, a, of that pick anymore. You really think he's playing better? I think he's more active. I think he's like, I, I think he's not scared. Like, I, I have a very low ceiling for like being impressed as a Nick fan. <laughs> Uh, we draft you eighth overall. Knox doesn't even get off the bench. Frank doesn't get off the fucking bench. At least Toppin plays and doesn't look like a bitch. That's where I'm at. Okay. I'll give you that. I think he's definitely – he looks like he's more confident in what he's doing out there. Yeah. To, like, the first few games, like, he just has head down and he was running to a fucking spot as fast as he could to, like, yep. make sure he didn't get the ball. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Charlie, what are your thoughts on your boy Obi here? You think yeah, he's playing so, a little better? So, like, you know what? Like, to Easy's point, like, with all the fans and the mad handle, like, I'm going to shout out Obi because he just got signed to Jordan Brand, and I've seen these Nick, uh, quote-unquote, <laughs> orange flood Nicks that are about to drop, these Air Jordan 35. So, like, Obi, send your boy a pair, size 11 and a half. I know I had some harsh <laughs> words to say about you a couple weeks ago. I'm sorry. I'll be at the garden in a couple of weeks. I'll take in-person delivery. No worries. Um, <laughs> no, I, I think he's maybe COD. putting it to, uh, maybe he's putting it together a little bit. I still worry about the level that I had him on draft night versus what I've seen this year and the difference in how he's going to make that up. Because for me, I thought we were getting a 20 and 10 guy like every night. And unfortunately, it's not been that I think he's going to need some work in terms of sort of finding his own rhythm in the game, but being aggressive. I'm not just in for like Obi to get one dunk every other game and like consider that a good pick in the top 10 of a, of a lottery. We'll see. I think the playoffs give him a little bit of a chance to prove himself, but we need defense from him in the playoffs. And I think that's something that has been a little bit better, but is still a question mark for him. Holy fuck. I just looked up those orange floods that you were talking about. Yeah, you like these those, things right? are fucking fresh. Holy fresh, son. Shit. Right. Right. With like a with like some black pants looking good. Oh, my God. I ha- I'm going to have to get these, to be honest with you. Yeah. Damn, they look good. Easy. Have you seen them? I'm looking at them right now. Very nice. Yeah, send them to the whole crew. The man yeah. handle needs <laughs> Obi. Send them to the whole crew. Yeah, let's go. Listen, your boys are size 13. Let's go. 11 and a half here. Let's go. But uh, these are nice. They're so nice. I even like that little gold thing around the middle of it. Yeah, that's nice. Is he the last Jordan brand guy since Mellow? Like the last Nick Jordan brand guy since Mellow? Have to be, yeah. Probably. Right? Is, and then before Mellow. What is RJ? RJ? Is RJ? RJ, is, RJ is Puma. Loser. What a fucking loser. <laughs> RJ's Puma? Yeah, he's, uh, he's Puma. How does RJ do Puma and then Obi Toppin gets fucking... I mean, smart by Obi Toppin. Yeah, who the fuck is RJ Barrett's a- agent that he was like, yo, man, I got your Puma. <laughs> yo, I have to say, though, RJ's Puma website is kind of sick. Like, he has a signature shoe. It looks kind of cool, actually. Because he's their only athlete. Oh, they got Kylie Jenner too, bro. 
Wait, are these these black ones here? Is that one? Yeah, yeah, yeah. With the red and the and the and I like those. those they kind of remind nice. me of Brooklyn Nets colors, so like. Yeah, like where the fuck is the orange? All right. Well, I'm definitely gonna have to cop the Obies, but uh, definitely want to check in on what you guys are thinking on this. These articles that are coming out about the new Julius Randall contract that supposedly is going to be discussed this off season. Charlie, what are you thinking? What is he getting? What kind of contract are we looking at here with him? I mean, I think right now, like what we've seen in the past, right, is like four years, five years, somewhere in the I mean, I think a five year hundred and fifty million dollar deal is a fair deal for him. I think I think thirty million dollars a year is a good deal for him he's making 19 now so it's a significant pay raise for him i think that locks him up long term at a good value i mean if gordon hayward is getting 25 million over four years i think julius randall is five million better than him over an extra year he's only going to be 27 when he signs that contract if he signs it like, or I'm sorry, 26, if he signs that contract. So that's in his prime. And I think that's a good bargain for what you're getting. Yeah. I mean, if I had to guess the contract, I would have went with like four years, like 128, just to kind of top that fucking monstrosity of a Gordon Hayward contract. I think that contract fucked up a lot of things for a lot of people. Yeah. But I definitely think Julius Randall's deserves, uh, Julius Randall deserves that. I mean, just from his play this year alone, uh, I mean, I, I don't even know how to describe. I can't even put into words how happy I am with, like, how good he is right now because, uh, you know, it, it builds to our core. Easy, what are you thinking about this next contract? Or, or do you even want to sign him to a next contract? Oh, no, no, no. That's <laughs> over with. Yeah. He, okay. He's getting signed. He's getting locked up. He's getting all the money. Um, I think that... We try our best to be as team friendly as possible, but we also have to be realistic with the Knicks. We're just going to have to throw money at them. Yeah. We don't have stars, but we also going to have to be like, Hey, we told, like you told us that you wanted a coach to hold you accountable. You wanted all these things. We got it for you in Tibbs. Um, like, let's go here. We got to get another yeah. score though with him though. Like, Oh, no. Yeah, no doubt. And that's what it it is. Like, we got to be able to sign that deal knowing that, hey, we need the cap for another scorer, then RJ, then like, you know, we're going to have to be as like Mitch is up in like a Mitch is up in a year. Get lost, Mitch. Sitting yeah. on the fucking scrap heap. Yeah, I mean, look at look at Nerlens Noel. We got a bargain for him, and he's like Hell one yeah. of the best rim protectors in the league now. Dude, teams don't play center. Teams don't pay centers anymore, especially yeah. ones that don't have a fucking post move. Yeah, yeah, or even a go-to offensive shot. Or yeah, or shoot a jump shot. Yeah, um, I think Randall's got to be paid. Um, I'm cool with that 150 number because, um, like, it's funny. This offseason was supposed to be, like, the big offseason. But then all, all the big-time free agents s- signed contracts before they were actually eligible. So Anthony Davis, Giannis, all these dudes aren't actually available this summer. So, like, Randall might be, like, the best player on the market. And He's that is – it's it's scary because maybe they just fucking know that and they were like, well, yeah, well, you know, Sacramento gave us five for one ninety, like you know, I could so I so see Sacramento doing something like that too, right? Like some st- or Charlotte or some stupid yeah, Charlotte, yeah. yeah, like hey, well, we'll give the you magic, five. the magic. Yeah. I can see the magic <laughs> doing it, yeah. yeah. But yeah, I mean, he's a must sign. I think you you try to do whatever you can to get him here on a somewhat team friendly deal because you guys are right. We need, we're gonna need to keep continue adding to this team, um, especially. I mean, is it just me? But like when RJ Barrett misses shots, like 
he really fucking misses shots. Like he's not just like a little bit <laughs> off. Like he's yeah. fucking chucking up bricks. Yeah. I don't know what's going on with that, but we, they got to fix that because it's not a good look. But when they go in, they go right in. Okay. <laughs> it's it's one or the other, man. Yeah, you're right. It's either a brick or a fucking or it goes in. I wonder if RJ is going to be like is destined for like the Jamal Murray of careers where it's like one day, one game you score 50 points, the next game you score five. And there's like <laughs> no like consistency whatsoever. It's like literally just one game you're either on and cooking or the next game you're like terrible. I feel like he's been pretty consistent this year. Yeah. Like he, he's like hovering around that like 18 to like 21 points a game. Yeah. I'll take that. Like, if that's what we're getting from him, that's fucking perfect. That's a lot more than we're getting from any of our other first-round draft picks. Oh, yeah. All right, fellas, any other points on the Knicks before we uh, flip it over? A tough schedule to wrap up the year. We, we got to win. I mean, what, we got Lakers, Suns. It just got smoked by the Nuggets. Um yeah, that wasn't fair. That game just wasn't fair. <laughs> yeah, not at all. Fucking Jokic, man. Um, the, Austin, the Austin Rivers revenge game. Of course, dude. You knew that was happening. Yeah. Uh, I, I wonder if he texted Doc and had Doc text Tibbs. Like, should have never sat him. You should have <laughs> never let him go. Yeah. I don't think he talks to his dad. Oh, do they not have a relationship? I didn't think so. Oh, interesting. So really? Thought, that's yeah. awkward because he like coached him for a couple years in LA. Yeah, Maybe that's why. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. Fuck this bitch. Get out of here. You gotta dad? feel like such a you gotta feel like such a douche when your dad's the coach and you're on the team. Big time. All right. So well, one thing that I saw was some recent reports about the Knicks maybe trying to make a move for Damian Lillard which kind of all stems from the Blazers who might fire Terry Stotts, which I think is pretty crazy. I mean, the guy's been there for like nine years. They seem to always be in the playoffs. They're always relevant, but uh, interested to hear what you guys think on some of these rumors and uh, you know what the Blazers are like really about here. Charlie, what do you think, man? I mean, if you're telling me I'm signing up for Dame Lillard, like a guy that's averaging 30 points a game, like consistently for years, I would do it in a second. Um, my only issue with that is I wonder how committed he is to Portland because I know he really likes it there. Um, it may be difficult getting him here, but at the same time, like I would throw all the cash and assets in the world at Portland to get him here because I think what you need more than anything with Julius is somebody that is an equal opportunity score to him. If we yeah. have two guys that could give us 60 points a game, then we can fill out RJ, Alec Burks, Reggie Bullock, guys that are giving us 18, 15, 12, 10 points a game. Then we're at an offensive level that's going to win in the NBA, right? With the defense that our team can play. I just want to know, how he feels about leaving Portland because I also know him and CJ are really close. CJ really likes Portland and, and sort of what the trailblazers would want if there's any sort of situation where we need to give them picks because I'm not sure when his contract is up. You do bring up some interesting points and like some things that like I kind of wrote down here is like he is a loyal guy, right? He does like Portland. And you mentioned CJ's name too, right? And it's just like, where does the, the blame actually go to within Portland, right? Of like, they seem to always be in the mix, but like never good enough. Like, I don't see this team like ever winning a championship with Damian Lillard and CJ McCollum. And I think that kind of stem, stems from them being so loyal and then Portland being so loyal back to them to like not move one of them and not, try to shake up this roster and bring in like another star to help Dame and kind of just keep CJ there. So easy. Where do you think the kind of blame comes here? Cause they're firing the coach, but I don't know if it's all the coach here. 
Well, this is the curse of the small market franchise. Okay. Like this is literally it, right? You is, is it though? Like they're they put together a really good roster. They have a superstar there. But you're not a free agent destination, so you can't get over the hump. Okay. You're the Atlanta Hawks. Like, yeah, we have a really good team. We can't attract anybody here. So we're just going to have to be happy with first-round exits for eternity. Well, they could shake up the team, though, right? Like They, they could. The pieces to do that. Like, why haven't they done that? Um, well, well, CJ McCollum is making $30 million a year. They also have had the worst injury luck. Let's also be honest. Nurkic is out every fucking year. Yeah. Zach Collins is always hurt. Every yeah. time – They've, that they've had a chance to like, oh, wow, they're going to be good. Just somebody goes down. Um, but I also think the NBA, it's like, it's what have you done for me lately? And if you think about it, Neil O'Shea, the GM, and Terry Stotts have been there since fucking LaMarcus Aldridge was the star. Yeah, sure. Remember the, the like those teams with uh, Robin Lopez, Aldridge, Wesley Matthews, Lillard. Uh, Steve fucking- Blake. Blake, Batum, <laughs> Nicholas Batum, like, dude, he was there when they were winning 50 games and they were supposed to be a contender and they flamed out in the playoffs. Yeah. Um. So, like, I got love for Terry Stotts because he was on that, that 2011 Mavericks team as an assistant coach. So, always from a boy, Dirky Dirk. But, um, unfortunately, in sports, the coach takes the blame. That's kind of it. like it is how it is. Um. I think if they're going to actually move on, you do move Dame because you're going to get more for Dame than you would CJ. It's a good point. That is a really good point. You know, the way I was kind of thinking about it was like them moving McCollum. Um, but yeah, I mean, you're right. Like the, they would get so much more for Dame Lilliard. Um, but like it, this must stem from his, like again, his loyalty to them and then, Portland's loyalty to him and I, I think that just stems to Lilliard's loyalty to McCollum to the rest of his teammates I, I guess he doesn't want to see these guys leave but if you want to take that next step you kind of have to be willing to to risk you know like one of your friends or one of your teammates like look at Toronto man they traded for Kawhi giving up DeMar DeRozan with like that relationship that he had with Kyle Lowry it's so, not like Kyle Lowry went in there and was like, Masai, you get this bitch boy out of here. Masai yeah, exactly. was like, I'm sh- shaking it up. Yeah. He basically had Kawhi Leonard presented to him on a silver platter, too, and was like, shit, should I make this trade to win a title? Yeah. Yes. And yeah. that's like basically what he did. But I don't think Portland's ever been offered that. They, I don't think they've ever yeah, been in the no, conversation they, for that. They have bad contracts. They can't make a trade. Nobody wants to sign there. Uh, I think it's a it's a weird combination of like small market shit. Okay, but Dame, you want to be a rapper? You want to eat good food? You want to chill? <laughs> you want to listen? I got a studio in my apartment, baby. Come out to Strong Island. I'll make some beats for you. Let's go. There you go, Dame Dollar. What uh? But the real important quote question, and this is what's kind of getting scary as we collect all these assets. What in the goddamn fuck does Dame Lillard go for in a trade? Uh, oh, every yeah. first round pick <laughs> and second round pick we have, pretty much, and then swaps on the in between years, and then yeah. we got to give up at least a good player or two. Yeah, Obi Toppin and Frank. <laughs> Brooklyn gate. <laughs> Brooklyn. Brooklyn did what? Three first round picks and three pick swaps for Harden. Yeah. Let's do like two first round picks. We'll give you fucking Mitchell Robinson. We'll give you fucking Obi Toppin. And uh... Portland stuck with a roster with Yosef, <laughs> Yusef Nurkic, uh, Ennis Cantor, and Mitch Robinson. <laughs> Good luck, fuckers. I mean, I think he would fit very well in a big market. Wait, so is this a real story or is this just Nick fans fucking. <laughs> writing for clout is this what this is i don't know where i read it but i did read that it could be a possibility this offseason and it stems from them looking to make like some big roster changes 
What's funny is though, I wonder if they keep them if they make the play-in. I mean, like they're in the play-in if they make the playoffs again. I, I'm pretty sure this is like a move that they're gonna make regard. Like unless they fucking pull a championship out of their butt, then I think Terry Stotts is gone. Gotcha. And they're gonna. I mean, dude, if you look at that roster, that roster has some pretty fucking good players on it. Like they're a good team, but. They just kind of they're they're really missing that one other big piece that's not CJ McCollum. I'm not even gonna lie though, if we somehow got Damian Lillard this summer, I would be so fucking hype if we had Damian Lillard and Julius Randle as like our two stars. Like, let's fucking go. Would you be okay with trading RJ? Oof. Like, let's let, let's. I would trade Talk everybody on. else. I would trade everybody else but him and and Arj. I would make everybody available but but him and Julius. All right. So let's talk honestly, right? Let's just say, because really, the, the, that's going to be the first person they ask for, right? They're going to be like, well, we want RJ Barrett. The only way we're trading you, Damian Lillard, is if RJ Barrett is in the deal. Would you do that deal? Uh I would have to say I would have to strongly consider it only because I could maybe go and find another guy that's going to give me RJ's production on the open market. Okay. Easy. What about you? Fuck no. Okay. All right. A, a, a fuck no from 10 miles away. Uh, I kind of have to agree. I, 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 I've been drinking a little bit, so I had to make a pee-pee's. But, um, <laughs> dude, no way. Um, we, we finally have a lottery pick that's actually worth something yeah. and, like, actually worth something to the team. Um, I don't want to throw them into, like, a Lillard thing. Like, we, I feel like we have a good stockpile of picks. Um, this is, like, what we were trying to get away from. As Nick. He also is an undersized guard who is over 30. He's yeah. Dame Lillard. But let's also be real. He's an undersized guard over 30. These guys don't age well. Right. Um, again, I also – I don't think I've ever had a good point guard. On, the best point guard I can remember is Raymond Felton. So, like, I'm yeah, also seriously. into Dane Willard. So. <laughs> hey, put some, weird... respect, put some respect on fucking Charlie Ward's name, bud. <laughs> oh, Heisman Trophy winner. My, my bad, Charlie. Charlie Ward and Chris Childs, the best fucking tandem point guard Ugh. ever. Oh, the 20 assists was his claim to fame. Are you kidding me? All right. But so I, I, I got I gotta agree with you, Easy. I, I think so y'all are doing it. <sighs> Fuck. I don't know. It I guess it really depends right. on what else they ask for other than art. Like if they say RJ plus like three first round picks, I'm saying no. If it's RJ and like a first round pick, then I'd have to strongly consider it. No way. Just look at who else is like, who's got like Drew Holiday went for like five first round picks. That's what I'm saying. Well, like if it's that, then like, no, like I'm not doing it. When is the double draft when it's high school players available too? Is that this year or is that next year? Because all of these picks, that all these teams have been trading around they're like double the amount of players when that double draft happens so that the picks are even they're even more valuable wow oklahoma city's gonna have a fucking loaded fucking roster dude it's gonna be absurd they're gonna it's gonna be ridiculous have you guys watched that poku guy no (laughs) oh you haven't seen alexei poku like pokachevsky or some shit on uh on oklahoma city no, is he good? He's like, it's weird. Like, he's seven feet. He could shoot. He could dribble. He could pass. But then there's times he literally looks like Bambi on ice out, out there. Like, he, Wait, like, he, just, it's weird. He's seven feet but weighs 190 pounds. Yeah. He literally looks like a baby deer, like, running around. <laughs> oh, God. I gotta, get, I gotta get a load of this fucking guy. I, I, I sadly I don't tune into Thunder games on uh on League Pass. Well, Jeez. see, this is what happens. I have my scouting team on the on, like telling me who to look for. They tune Holy me. Holy hell! Welcome to the new NBA. This guy would get destroyed in previous years. Destroyed. 
So they sent him down to the G League, and then he came back, and he was like, he's been much better since. Um, Could you imagine this guy posting up against, like, Carl Malone? (laughs) That's true. What about Lou Dort? Like, when the fuck did this guy learn how to score a basketball? This guy makes Sean Bradley look like like a bodybuilder. Yeah, I mean, that team is going to have a loaded roster once they get to draft, you know, use all those draft picks. Uh, they're just going to keep rebuilding. I actually might like fucking drive up to like and watch some of those games once they get good because it's only like a two hour drive from here. Okay. Good old Oklahoma City. I wonder if they keep SGA. I mean, like, I, I would. I love him. He's a great player. But like, think about it. All your picks are in the future. So even if you hit on one of these picks in the future, as you have throughout the next, what, like four or five years, SGA is going to be older but like by that point. So he's not going to be on that timeline. Like, do they flip him for some for more picks and shit? He's 22. All right, five years, he's 27 in his prime, and he's got a bunch of, like, 20-year-old guys. Let's fucking who, trade for him. Let's go. That's what, that's where I'm angling this. Bet, baby. Forget about Dame. Get me SGA. <laughs> I'll, would you do SGA for RJ? A thousand percent. Guys making, Whoa. like, four, $4 million a year, SGA is. Okay. That's true. That's yeah, a good he, point. He's going to want a huge contract. His contract's got to be up soon, right? I'm still Dude. doing it. Okay. I, I mean, I, I think I would do it too. I think he's year three if if we think about it, right? Because he was Clips, then he went in the Paul George trade, played a year, so now he's in year three. Man, that was a good trade for fucking OKC. Dude, both trades were good. Yeah. Crazy. Yo, Al Horford Al Horford is on OKC making $27 million. He's with with literally like 10 other people that I haven't even heard of. Bro, they told him to go home. He hasn't played in like two months. It's absurd. Yeah. How awesome is that? Like, you make that kind of money and they're just, they, well, actually, I guess it's not that awesome because they're basically telling you, we don't care how much you make. You're still fucking sitting at home because we don't want you to play on this team. I don't like it. I, I think basketball is much worse because of it. Dude, the quality of the games this year have sucked. Yeah. Like, you watch a good game and you're like, man, this game, I haven't watched a good, this is really fun. I haven't watched a good game in like three, four weeks. It's like, this is sad. Every game is like whoever shoots the most threes and doesn't have a star sitting. Yeah, I do feel like the product has maybe suffered a little bit this season, but also too, like, I'm so sick of watching these games with no, like, fans and, like, normal shit in the arena like it's so i just feel like i'm watching a high school game sometimes the games are so quiet there's like nothing you can't there's nothing around the court i don't know like sometimes it's really hard to get into them true yeah i I gotta agree there dude i'm looking at this fucking roster of oklahoma they're all like 20 they're like 23 and younger I'm telling you, I I know who Ty Jerome is because I'm a diehard UVA fan, and he was actually good for us. He won a national title. Aside from SGA, I have no idea who these who these players are. <laughs> yeah, they're so young. It's like two other 19 year olds on the team. Lou Gintz Dort. I've I've never heard of that player before. <laughs> you never yeah. heard of Lou Dort? <laughs> he was the dude who shut down Harden last year when it was a CP3 a Thunder. And then remember in game seven, he was like, they left him wide oh, open and he guy? scored like 30 yeah. points. Oh, yeah. man. Wow. I, I, I do not remember this guy. Maybe. Oof. I need to tune into more Oklahoma City games, I guess. Yeah. All right. I'm You're fucking going. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to a game. Just going to drive up tomorrow. Go watch Lugans, Lugans Dort. <laughs> they say they say they say it's the best arena to watch a game. Like the fa- a full house at, at Chesapeake Bay Arena is like the best one to go to. I've had I have a a few friends down here that went to that are from like the Oklahoma City area or went to school there, and they all said that Oklahoma, that Thunder games are fucking wild. Like they're great. So, 
Just fucking checking out. Yo, Thunder Games a couple of years ago had to have been fucking awesome. Yeah. The 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 KD Ross Harden yeah. years. Oh, yeah. I remember watching those games. It's it looked like the whole fucking building was shaking with everyone just yeah. all in that blue color shaking. Dude, shit. that one that one Western Conference playoff series, like the last playoff series that was Russ and KD against the Warriors, that shit was epic. Like oh, yeah. they almost beat the Warriors. Like that was a that was a badass playoff series. It was the clay game, game six. We need basketball like that to come back. God yeah. That was some those were some good years. I don't think we'll ever fully appreciate how good basketball was in like those transitions into like the Warriors Steph years yeah. in like 2015 to like 2019. Like those matchups against like Braun and the Cavaliers, a lot of people were bitching about them at the time, but like that was some really great basketball and like some great rivalries. I like, I don't feel the same way about it in terms of like, you know, watching the games and seeing that sort of energy that like was there at that point in time, I feel like. So with that said though, are you a, like there's more transparency in the league now? Yeah. So, so are you like more pro rivalry? There's two really good teams that have a chance at the top title. Everyone else is like the secondary team or now there's like, all right, three to six teams could win the title. We'll figure it out. Yeah. It's a tough question. I mean, I think parody probably makes the league a little bit better as a whole, but at the same time, but at the same time, you know, those years it was like only Cleveland and Golden State were the best teams. So you knew what you were getting and that rivalry was going to be like really intense, you know, like those games were, were intense. Um, But I think the parody is good for the league and it makes it, it makes it better to watch sometimes, I think. Uh, yeah, I mean, I definitely agree. Um, give me some, you know, we need like the Celtics, like those old series with the Celtics, like Cleveland, like those were some really good games. I used to like, even though I fucking hate the Boston Celtics, but like, I don't know, watching Paul Pierce go up against like LeBron was like, that's like one of my favorite matchups to watch right there. Those two dudes just fucking going at it. Paul Pierce doing his fucking thing. But, uh, yeah, it's a, it's a good question, Easy, because, like, you always want rivalries, but you always want, like, you know, other teams to be good and not just watching the same series all the time. I, I mean, I remember listening to podcasts back then, and it was like, we could talk all about all these teams, but in June it'll be the Warriors versus the Caps. Like, this is what it's going to be. It's like, we, we, we know that, and it's fucking September, October. Well, that was when the East, that East was fucking garbage. The East yeah. was terrible. Yeah. Garbage. Um, all right, but with, with that said, I know we kind of went off a little bit, but we were kind of talking about the Oklahoma City Thunder. One guy I want to bring up because I think he's a very interesting basketball player, and he's been fucking rocking the shit last couple weeks, m- like months. Russell Westbrook. Lost the bus. He's about to average. A triple-double for the fourth time in the last five seasons. It's crazy. Think about that. Only time he didn't was when he played with Harden. Wow. That's fucking insane. It's insane. It's insane. But where where is Russ in... in the upper echelon discussions? So, perfect. Dude, perfect you said this. Okay. So that's why I wanted to bring this up. Give me, both you guys, give me your top five point guards because I could give you my top five point guards and Russell Westbrook is not one of them. <laughs> yeah, he's and he's this, not one yeah, of them. he's not. He's this stat stuffer, kick-ass yeah. player. We'll never see another guy like him, but he's not one of my top five point guards in the league. He's playing in a statistically like supercharged fucking era right now, right? Mm-hmm. All the everyone's fucking getting close to triple doubles. Fucking Julius Randle's almost averaging a triple double. Like, yeah, true. I, I think in this era of basketball, it's much easier to do. Um, one thing I want to point out is skip. So, I, you know, I have two quotes here about Russell Westbrook. The first one 
is that Skip Bayless said that Russell Westbrook could be the best player ever to not win an NBA title. Mind blown. Charlie, let me hear your thoughts on that before I go off. I don't think that's out of the question because oh because if I if I don't because if I don't think Russ, the first person that comes to my mind is like an amazing player that I watched as a kid that never won a title would be Dominique. Okay. Yeah, I can't think of another player. Barkley, Barkley, okay, Barkley and Malone, Barkley and Malone, yeah, Barkley, AI, AI, yeah, AI, yeah, that's T Mac, Tracy McGrady, T Mac never gets the love, man. Tracy, what, what, because Tracy McGrady gets no love because he was in that weird era between MJ and when like LeBron really came on the scene. And he got hurt, I think, too. Getting hurt on the Rockets really killed him. Like, 2003 was just – or 2004, like, it was just a weird year. It was weird because it was the Bulls, then it was the Lakers, and then it just transitioned into a couple of years of weirdness. But it was Kobe and him, like, back back and forth for a little bit. Yeah, especially when he was in Houston. Yeah, he he just couldn't, like, maintain that level, that Kobe level for as long. I mean, hearing that from Skip after he always he was always the first guy to criticize fucking uh, Russell Westbrook when he was on OKC in Houston when they like were always getting ousted in the playoffs, right? So now he's saying this he could be the best player ever to not win a title. Uh, Easy, what what do you think there? Um, it's tough. Because like <clears throat> I, I want to rattle off all these other like like greats like what Charlie said these guys we like we grew up with, but like I, I know if I was a little older back then I would hate Carl Malone. Yeah. Like Carl Malone's a fucking punk house bitch who could never pull it off in the playoffs. Score as many points as you want. See you later. You know. That's true. That's a good point. Um. But we like we just know the names, so we gotta like put him in conversation. A- AI is really good too, but he could only play his style. You put him on his type of team, and like whatever, then you lose in the finals. Um, but also that said, fucking Stephen Adams was told to not rebound the ball on free throws, so Westbrook could get it and pad his stats. Yeah, that's yeah. another. That's a great point. So it's like. Aren't they all just at some point stat stuffers? If you ain't winning, you're a stat stuffer. (laughs) I guess, right? Get that money. Yeah. I like Westbrook just because he is a fucking lunatic. Do you remember uh, the Utah game when those fans are screaming at him like, you're a dog or whatever, like something like, and he looked and he's like, I'm going to beat your ass. And he was calm, and he looked at them. I'm gonna beat your fucking ass. <laughs> yeah, that and was great. That yeah. was fucking. And then the wife is like, "I'm a woman." He's like, "I don't give a shit. I'm gonna beat your ass." Like, I love that. Yeah, I mean, super. Shout out to all the women. Though this is a this is a women friendly podcast. <laughs> oh, absolutely! Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> Shout out to the ladies. Shout out to the ladies. We see you. Oh man, only Russ, not us. Only Russ, not us. <laughs> um, I don't know why this just came into my head, but I was like, oh, you know, like Russell Westbrook, like he's super, you know, entertaining to watch, like the way he dunks. Dude, I was watching highlights of like a young Derrick Rose. Now, I don't think there's ever been a player in the NBA like a young Derrick Rose. Like, dude, the way that he would fucking catch alley-oops and like just drive through the lane and fucking smash it on people was, I think, even above the way that Russell Westbrook's doing it. Yeah. Fucking young Derrick Rose, man. Wish he never got hurt. Dude, he was so good. He was in people, he was MVP of the league. Yeah. You're pretty sure the youngest ever, right? Yeah. That that 2011 Bulls team, if they didn't have the heat in that first year, they would have gone to the finals with Thibodeau. Yeah, I think so. They were the they were the toughest team that the Heat had to play that year. Yeah, that that team was fucking good. Who else was that? I was like Luau Dang, fucking Joakim Noah, Joakim Noah. Who was the fucking shooting guard on that team? 
Corver. Was it Rip Hamilton? He was there for a little bit, but I think Kyle Corver was there for a little bit too. Kyle Corver. Um, yeah, they had, they had Carlos Boozer on that team. The booze. <laughs> Mr. Spray on hair. One more thing about Russ Westbrook, because I did read an article before this. Our boy Oscar Robertson, the big O, said that he thinks that Russell Westbrook is an elite guard in basketball. But he's like, players don't win championships by themselves. You've got to have good management. You need to get with the right group of players. Basically saying like, oh, like Russell Westbrook has never been with like the right group of players or the right management. I'm like, he he fucking played with Kevin Durant and James Harden. Like that team was specifically built as a young core to win. I don't know if that's a good excuse to use on this guy. Ah, uh, they are. Okay. I'm going to counter you. They traded Harden a year early before they had to, because they didn't want to pay the luxury tax. Who they get in that trade? Steven Adams and uh, Jeremy lamb and like picks. Ugh. Bullshit. Um, so like, and Harden was a first or second year player when they made it to the finals. So like, they really didn't have a ton of time with this young core. Um, and they decided to pay Abaka. Remember, remember that yeah. they didn't pay Harden, they paid Abaka. So it's such like such a bad decision. Yeah, like looking back, big time. Um, but you still have Kevin Durant and Abaka as your big man. Yeah, and then Durant leaves the next year as you take the the champions to game seven. Yeah. Um, I, I think – I don't know. Management's tough, man. Like, you have these kick-ass players in a small market that don't want to pay luxury taxes. Uh, it makes it difficult, I, I like, to win. Yeah. Char- Charlie, do you think that if that team stayed together maybe a couple more years that they would have won? Yeah. Yeah, no, without a doubt. I mean, I think they would have, if they would have stayed together a couple more years, they probably would have won for sure. Shit. Okay. Wait, so that year, when, when did they make the finals? 2012. Yeah, 2012, 2012 was when they lost to LeBron. That was the first time. All right. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Stack guy, stack guy calibre. Here, here, here we go. Ear to the ground. So, now they lo- they lose in 2012, then 2013 and 14. It's Spurs versus Heat. Those Spurs teams were good. So you, you're Kawhi saying was good. You, yeah. You're saying the Thunder have to be beat the Spurs in one of those two years. Then it's the Warriors for the next four. Now, if Durant doesn't go to the Warriors, that's a totally different story. I think they could, I think they definitely could have, to be honest. I mean, Durant was on another fucking level. He could have done it by himself, I think. I don't know about that. Remember the Heat the Heat were only one the Heat were only one year out of choking to the Mavs in the finals. The Mavs should not have lost should not have won that title that year. You watch your goddamn mouth, Charlie. Oh, we can get into that. Bring it on, baby. They were the better team. Are you kidding me? What They were the better team. LeBron disappeared in that series. Guy, lit- guy literally ghosted. That was a horrible series. Horrible. He got scared because he was getting guarded by J.J. Barea. Oh. Not everyone could handle the aura of J.J. Barea. All right? Was Andrew Bynum on that Mavericks team? No. No, that was Tyson Chandler. That was didn't Bynum play for the Mavericks one year? It's probably after the Lakers. Because remember, he went Lakers to to Philly, Lakers to Philly for the Dwight trade. Uh, And I don't think he ever played again after he got traded to Philly. Whatever happened to Andrew Bynum? Yeah, like where is he now? I'm pretty sure he was one of those big guys that actually hated basketball. That, that makes a lot of sense. And just was like, wait, I, I have a lot of money now? I'm not doing That guy anymore. for the Lakers, like, in 2009, 2010, was, like, good. He was really good. Oh, yeah. Wait, who? Did he, did he throw a basketball? He threw a basketball at Shaq or something, right? And Shaq no. Like, no. So Shaq did a put-back dunk on him in L.A. when he came back as a Heat. And then, like – 
everyone was like, oh, because like he fell as Shaq put the put back in. Okay. So he fucking head down, runs up court, gets low post position on Shaq, calls for the ball, does a fucking hezzy fake spin, gets Shaq, bites in the other way, dunks it on him. It was sick. Runs down the court, and he was so jacked up, just like runs and shoulders Shaq, like, what, motherfucker? And then they got into a fight. And that was the end of his career. That was literally, yo, I watch that highlight every, like, from time to time when I want to get jacked up. <laughs> That's the stuff that gets you jacked up, huh? That, the D-Wade dunk on Verizhao, uh, yeah, Joe. That- Joakim Noah dunk on Paul Pierce in that Chicago Celtics series. Yep. Uh, there's a couple dunks that I watched that I'm like, ah, like by myself. Do you guys remember the, the NBA playoff commercials where like it would start out with just like a, a black screen and only like the one player like doing a move and it would slowly like, it'd be like a oh, piano yeah. playing and then like it would slowly like open up to like the rest of like what was going on on the court. Yeah, that was where amazing happens. Yes, yeah. where amazing happens. Yeah. Those are the fucking good. best commercials. Bring those back. Also, too, I love the uh, the Vince Carter commercial from back in the day, the Nike commercial. That one was really good, too. Which one was that one? Um, where he's like he's like dribbling the basketball in all the different like types of ways. I remember that one. No? I'm looking it up right now. It was like a, it was like a, it was like a, I think he was in it with Richard Jefferson, maybe. Oh, okay. Okay. There's Richard Jefferson. I think Hold on. This is it. Oh, when he's just dunking? When they're both dunking? It's that, that freestyle commercial. Do you remember the commercial with all the different players where it was like them dribbling the basketball to a beat? That oh was, yeah, yeah. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you do you remember that? That that's that's it. That's the that's it. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I see it now. Yeah, that sure. Oh yeah, yeah. This one was good. Kobe's in there. They're all dancing. Oh, Jay Will, white chocolate. That's right. That guy was a man. Fellas, anything else you want to touch upon? Man, I just hope the Knicks get this 4C. That's really all I care about. Seriously. Just keep playing the way they are. I mean, listen, that Nugget game was a wash. I think we all knew going into that we were probably going to lose that game. But uh, just kind of recharge the batteries here and get back to it. Um, What does the NBA do if the Lakers are in the play-in tournament? Do they change the rules last minute or what? No. <laughs> well, they got to get LeBron in the playoffs, so something's gonna can happen. You, can, oh, that no, would be no, amazing, Charlie. Go for it. The, I, I just, I hope it fucking happens. Could you imagine if in? <laughs> could you imagine if in three years at, at, at the Lakers he goes from not making the playoffs to winning the NBA title to not making the playoffs? Let's fucking make it happen, like. Charlie, you mentioned this before. They they have a, a chance that they would play the Golden State Warriors in like a playoff game in that one game playoff. Yeah, that would be sick. I could Dude. see fucking Steph Curry going off for like 65 that game. My money's on the Warriors. Like I'm telling you, the Warriors could beat them in a single game. Ooh, wee. Wait, Le- hold on. Who knows if who knows if LeBron's even gonna play? Memphis, like he, Memphis is thirty three and thirty two. the The Warriors are thirty three and thirty three. They're right there. Easy. What are your thoughts? You told us to hold on. Um, I I also just want to also say, it's LeBron motherfucking James and Anthony D- Davis. So like Le- LeBron James. Yeah. Like um, he may be like nursing the injury and coming back slow, but uh. Yeah, I mean, listen, they have a half game up on the Blazers right now in, in the six seed. Blazers are seven, Grizzlies eight, Warriors nine, Spurs are ten. Um, I'd love to see a Warriors game and Steph could get hot and put in 50 and win. But, like, Draymond can't guard LeBron and Anthony Davis. 
the Warriors have put out what a Kavan Looney, uh, <laughs> yeah. like well, Wiseman's hurt. Like who else do they have? I mean, a Kelly Oubre. That's to say, like that's even if LeBron. Don't plays. you forget Anthony Wiggins. That's true. I know Andrew Wiggins. I don't know Andrew. Yeah, Wiggins. A- Andrew Wiggins. <laughs> <laughs> But you know, LeBron's been battling injuries, right? Like, who knows if he's even going to be able to play that game? Oh, he's playing. Mr. Narrative, Mr. Like, he's so yeah. fucking wor- worried about being compared to Jordan for the rest of his life. He's playing. That's true. All right, boys. A- anything else before we uh, send it off into the weekend? Ready to kick these playoffs off. Take these playoffs off, and Jokic better win the MVP. Agreed. Heard that. Heard that, fellas. Have a good night, boys. Later.